Welcome to my podcast, Coming Back to the Origins. It took me many years of healing and taking a, sp a spiritual path where I finally find my way to my soul and my heart, leading me to the path of compassion, awareness, and prosperity in all different parts of my life. Today, I guide, coach, teach, and keep learning from who and what inspires me the most, the sacred nest of ancestral wisdom and nature's abundance. I am recently writing books, co-creating retreats here in Costa Rica, and interviewing people on their life journey to hear each other's message and the lesson we've learned for growth and expansion. I love it so much. The world is transforming along this sacred journey as we are creating and healing. I do trust that we can all prosper in our unique way and collectively if we can find the truth within ourselves and live in an authentic life by learning to trust and love with more compassion. We are creating a better planet by bringing back ancestral memory, living more consciously with our internal and external environment, learning to take responsibility for our well-being, initiating new ways to release fear, and bringing more love, the key of all healing. If you wish to create from your heart and your soul and be inspired by other sacred journey, you have chosen the right place. Welcome to my channel, coming back to the origins. Today, I have the chance to interview um, a women that it's quite fascinating and uh, very special. Her name is Deborah. And uh, today she is with us, and I'm so honored to um, have her accepting to have this interview today with me. So hi, Deborah. How are you? Thank you. Nice to be with you and get a chance to chat. <laughs> so Deborah has been um, an Osho Sanyasin for 12 years, and she's traveled to extraordinary place and... Also, she has been on the Red Road since 1999 and has followed a Tibetan Buddhist path. Uh, she also wrote the book, The Red Road, A Sacred Journey Home. And she also owned, in this moment, a bed and breakfast in Costa Rica that eventually became a sacred ceremony space, a retreat center that is now um, called Regenesis as a new co-creating community that is expanding in order to teach and share workshop, holding classes, talk and workshop in a diversity of all topics where people can learn and share. And uh, Deborah lives in uh, Nosara in Costa Rica. And so to begin with, I would like to ask you today, what has been going on in your life recently that you expected and it didn't expect it that i expected and didn't uh-huh both both uh-huh okay um well <laughs> i for the last couple of years um this property was for sale. My sisters convinced me to sell the property and 
I kind of went along with it. And it was just in December that I realized that I didn't want to sell this land, that it's really sacred for me. And I didn't want to see it developed because the offers that came in were all developers. And so that was unexpected. Um, yes. Uh, and so I decided that not to sell the land, but I'm still in a process with my sisters. It's, it's not resolved, but it's very clear to me that I, I won't sell it and that I will continue using this land as a healing space. So that was unexpected to you? Yes. Okay, because it was a different, you had different ideas and then it didn't, things changed and now right. you were, okay, wonderful. And so tell me more about um, about these places that now it's expanding as what you call now Regenesis. Mm -hmm. What exactly this center is about? I would like to hear more about it. Well, it, the name came to me, um, Regenesis, and it it's connected with many things like a rebirth, a new beginning, and also giving back to the land as opposed to developing it or extracting from it. And, mm -hmm. you know, if I look around every inch nearby, because we're just five minutes walk to the beach is bought and built with these concrete mm -hmm. houses, apartments, whatever. And, um, when I was in the midst of this process of showing the land and selling it, and I, I was speaking to a friend who's an architect and she's involved in regenerative architecture. And I was so intrigued by that concept of not, of like giving back to the land, not only sustainable she was explaining it's not about sustainability anymore it's about regeneration it's like mm. we have to go that much further to do something really that offers back to the land you know planting more trees or plants or you know making it even more beautiful and mm -hmm. alive and that that's is that what comes with the diversity of the the community you're kind of creating with the workshops and the education? Is that also part of that giving back? Definitely, mm -hmm. definitely. That's it's all interconnected, and that's the idea is to present offerings to different types of people. Like not everybody's into yoga. Like this is a big yoga community, mm -hmm. and I love yoga. I've been doing <laughs> yoga for many years now i'm doing qigong you know but it's kind of like mm -hmm. the diversity of and people that maybe just want to hear a talk or uh, see some art or or take a class in drawing or mm -hmm. you know the ideas to just offer mm -hmm. to different 
people. Wonderful. And, and something very fascinating about, uh, about you. And when I first met you, um, I thought it was amazing that you have been a sannyasin. You will, you've been to the side of Osho for some time and you have experienced um, many things being on, on this path and um, being a sannyasin. So for you to arrive now with this center, Regenesis, and just to go back uh, to back then in your history with uh, as being a sannyasin, I would like to ask you, how did you, what was your story to arrive um, to arrive there? Where did it all start? To get to Osho, like how that happened for me. Okay, sure. Yes. Well, <laughs> um, I, my first really spiritual um, school or learning was with a school called Arika in New York when I was um, in my 20s. My brother got involved in the school and, and then um, three of the sisters got involved in it. And it was um, an amazing school. It was started by a guy named Oscar Ichasso from Chile. And he, it was a real esoteric school. So there were things from the Sufi tradition. There were, mm. you know, uh, Hindu, um, Gurdjieff, uh, many different traditions were kind of involved and there was meditation and a walking meditation and it, it was amazing. And it was at the time, it was in the seventies. Mm -hmm. I think it was like, like, wow, like 72 or something like that. Oh, I'm wow. Sure that I got involved. I was not yet born. <laughs> And it really made a strong impression on me. There were different teachers and I did a 40 day, 40 day training, but I would do it in the, you know, on the weekend and then in the e couple evenings a week. And it was just very inspirational, um, mm. really opened this whole other world. That was new for you, the yes. kind of spiritual path. Okay. Definitely was because... You know, I, I'm Jewish, but my mother was an atheist, so I didn't grow up with religion. Mm -hmm. She didn't want us to have any religion. Okay. My dad was more of, you know, he loved, you know, the temple and the t Torah and stuff. My mom just didn't want the kids to have any of that. So oh. I, you know, I started doing yoga like in college, but other than that, I hadn't really had you know much religion or okay so anyway Arika was very profound for me and then my best friend in Arika um ended up with her partner going to India and they met Rajneesh now known better as Osho and brought back all his books and tapes and and I was just completely taken and I decided to go to India and become a disciple. 
and I saved up money. I was working as a textile designer at that time. Wow. So is yeah. that like when you heard when they brought back the books and um, the recording, you right away felt the call because it was resonating with you, yes. the teaching? Okay. Yes. And it's interesting, like, it was through Arika, the school, that different, when a different gurus would come into New York, we would all go, and I had never experienced anything like that. For instance, Muktananda came, and I fell in love with Muktananda, and I joined the ashram for a month, and I used to play the violin and sit near him. And, you know, so that was like my first experience of like a, a master, a guru. Mm. And then my friends came back, and they had met Rajneesh, and they brought, and, and, you know, like Muktananda was very traditional and it was very like men and women sit separately. And then, and Rajneesh, like the first thing I ever read was like, it was called Sex to Super Consciousness. And it was his whole, it was like the opposite, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like how the energy, you know, starts with sexuality, but then it's the same energy that becomes spiritual super consciousness uh -huh. and he was really into tantra and all this stuff and it was completely new and i i was i was hooked wow okay so then you went to india were you did you went and was an anchor in india or you were you were just like traveling back and forth how no i i went and i stayed for how many years um I think I visited my family after two or three years, but I basically stayed for five years in India. And would you tell us how did your first encounter with Osho, how did you experience that? What was your, your experience? Um, it was, you know, very profound and I already felt quite connected to him. And I knew that I was going to be a disciple, but mm -hmm. like seeing him was very emotional. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he had a very powerful, loving energy that mm -hmm. I felt. And um, it was just very inspirational to be there. And What would be um, the thing that you left with that, because you for sure learn <laughs> Um, and so so much being there, but is there something that you can that comes to mind where you really you felt like you learned and it stayed with you? Um, something very specific or an experience that you have that has such an impact into your life, being there in the teaching of Osho and your transformation, if there was or if there was a shift. How did you experience it? If there's a history towards that or something, a story that come to your mind? I think that when I look back at that whole experience that, you know, Rajneesh was a very dynamic, brilliant, charismatic kind of teacher, but his philosophy was a lot about trusting yourself and not getting caught in dogma or 
um, following a religion, but like really questioning things. And he really synthesized all the mystical spiritual paths. That was kind of his mastery of like unity. Like it's mm. not a following these rules. It's like, you know, transcending, like would you go beyond. Would you say Osho was, it was a philosopher. So he would. Yes. He, mm -hmm. he actually started out before he was known as Bhagwan, which is the beloved. Um, and it's a spiritual term of respect. He, he was a philosophy professor mm -hmm. in India and he became very well known and he, you know, he was called Acharya, which is, I think it means professor mm -hmm. Rajneesh. And he was famous because he would travel around India and he would debate and debating is something very central to like Indian culture. I think also Tibetan and religion, like this concept that you can actually debate a particular spiritual topic and someone will win the debate and someone will lose. Yeah. And so he was just brilliant and thousands of people would come and watch him debate. <laughs> and that was how he first, and, um, one of the things that I remember he used to say is like, he would take any side of a debate. It didn't matter, you know? Mm -hmm. And so from that, he got this phrase that I always remember, logic is a whore uh... because he would, he could win, mm -hmm. you know, it's all the logic could support whatever he wanted. Wow. So in that way, he had also a side that was, I could say now, like a charlatan, you know, like he would, uh -huh. he could take any side and, you know, prove it. Wow. And, but, you know, he was brilliant, like very intelligent. So the understanding, I think the deeper understanding that I got from that, which he taught was like, don't trust logic. Yes, it has a place, but there's a deeper, you know, reality. And it's mm. more about transcending, about going beyond. Wow, that's very profound, Deborah. <laughs> Beautiful. And that's something I'm I'm grateful that mm -hmm. I got from him. You know, to question everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not just believe mm -hmm. in like blind faith, but question and then ultimately you find what is right for you mm -hmm. as a transcendence <laughs> and uh so and how how did um the 12 years pass you being there what how, what happened when you decide to to leave or did you ever left and are you still would you still um, name yourself a sannyasin to this day no i'm not anymore sannyasin and i you know, after the 12 years towards the end, I went through a very strong kind of disillusionment with the whole movement and with Rajneesh and, and I left, you know, and I gave back my mala, which is the locket with his picture and my name that I had 
been given by him that I used for 12 years. And I wrote a letter and I left, you know, and, you know, and in retrospect, I recognized that, you know, for 12 years, I had seen just the light, you know, just the beauty, just the, the good. Uh -huh. And then suddenly I, I just went to the opposite and I could only see the dark. And I saw all the things that I had denied during those 12 years. Like I was a total devotee and, you know, people would have these stories and I would just never, you know, we kind of ignore them completely. You know, I just, no, I'm like, it's all like this. And then suddenly I was in this opposite extreme. And then all this information came to me about the dark side. Oh, wow. And I left. Okay. And it was, you know, it was very dramatic for me. Mm -hmm. um, wow, what an experience. And so then after that, where did your spiritual path, which, um, which path, which journey did you to get to uh, be introduced to the red road path? So what was the transition or was there anything that came up before entering and meeting um, your, the, your chief or the, the, the teacher, Mario, that I'm hearing a lot lately about. And so was there, what was the transition from, was this many years after going in that place of more the darkness and this experience after the Osho um, in India, what was a transition for you in on your spiritual journey? Okay. Um, well, not too long after I went through this powerful disillusionment, I had the good fortune of connecting with a dear friend from that movement. And I, you know, just being with this person that I had, had wonderful experiences with, and I was, we were just sitting, he was visiting um, California and, and, I suddenly remembered all these beautiful experiences that I had had and I was talking to him and I, you know, what he said that really touched me was that the human mind usually can just see one side at a time, like you either see the light or the dark, but really they were always both there mm. and that that's more of a mastery is to recognize that yes there was dark and light i just saw only one side at a time and that uh -huh. really had a powerful effect to recognize that yes it's it's like a balance of the dark and the light mm -hmm. the duality yeah. yes and so after meeting him, when the, was the, the, the red road came after Osho or was there another path that you took in between? Um, I, I got, I, I always was fascinated by different, mm -hmm. you know, paths and systems. And I did, um, get involved with Tibetan Buddhist Buddhism and I met my teacher and I asked him if he would be my teacher and 
Um, one thing that was very interesting about that was that I talked to him, my teacher, Zopchen Ponlop Rinpoche, who was visiting California. And, you know, he said he would be my teacher. And, and I said I was with Rajneesh, you know, for 12 years. And he said, oh, yes, Rajneesh, of course, I know he's very brilliant. He's really influenced Indian culture a lot. And he said the thing that's different, you know, is that Tibetan Buddhism is, it's like a direct lineage from Buddha to the next master, to the next master, you know, whereas Rajneesh was like a revolutionary. He never had a guru. He just like, it was like a big experiment in a way. So wow. that yeah. for me was, you know, very important. Like, okay, there's, there's practices and there you first start with this and then you do that. And then you, and then your master is guiding you and you're, you know, so that was very helpful for me. And, and I, I felt like very grounding to, you know, have a spiritual discipline and practice. And was the practice of Buddhism, what did it imply? Was it um, going to the temple, chanting mantra? What was it, it for well, you? Nundro, it's the foundational practice and it's like prostrations um, and, um, a repetition every day of prostrations, prostrations, prayers, um, chanting that you do on your own. Okay. Yeah. So I wasn't, and then I would do different retreats with my teacher or with, with other teachers, but it was more on my own. And are their, their, their prayers were given yes. to you? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's so beautiful. And then, um, if you want to share with us uh, about the the red road, which is a path that I believe you're still, if never you're still on, is that correct? Yeah. 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 And so how this I I I start actually um being interested more and more about the red road, and you also wrote a book um, about the the subject. So tell if you want to share with our listeners uh, how did it all start. Okay, well, I, you know, I came to Costa Rica in 89 and found the property here and my mother flew in and bought it. And the vision was to create kind of a retreat place for my extended family where we could all come and be together. And that usually, that happened, you know, for many years around Christmas like the whole family would get together or whoever could. And, and um, I had a dear friend from California who also came to Costa Rica and she was originally from El Salvador and she was really into like Native American spirituality and she would translate for different um, like shamans from all over Latin America. And she actually started a, a, like a little center in Puriscal near San Jose. And she convinced me to start with her and another woman, a juice bar with the um, 
theme of, it was called El Encuentro, the meeting place. And the idea was, it was like a place in Escazú, San Jose, mm. like a, where people like, with like minds, like on a spiritual path and especially, you know, the red road, like people that were involved with uh -huh. spirituality. And so I went for the opening of this juice bar and I had been very involved in the design and having artists do the logo and murals and so forth. And I went and I was just heading back to my town, Nosada, and I met this young man and we just immediately started talking and that was Mario, oh. Mario Mutisli. He And he had come, he, he was a friend of Anna's and she had hosted him because he would do sweat lodges and ceremonies and um, he was a healer, like mm. a kimbero. And so I just started talking to him and, you know, and we corresponded and then he came and visited me in California. And at one point he said to me, um, you know, I want to write a book about the Red Road. And I said, oh, well, maybe I'll help you. And then from that, it just kind of became clear that I wanted to help him. Well, that and was from the beginning when you met him that the book came, the idea. Very soon. Oh, wow. Very soon. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so I would write to him like it was all through email like questions and i i hardly spoke spanish at that time i was just learning it and his english was not very good but we found a way to communicate uh -huh. and i think meeting mario really helped me to start learning spanish you nice know? and because i was so fascinated fascinated by everything that he shared And that was the entry for you. Did it start with the vision quests? No, it started with with just connecting with Mario and mm -hmm. and working on the book. Wow! You know, and I would write him all these questions. That was, you know, I would just like hear what he was saying because I was so fascinated by all of his stories. I mean, he's an amazing storyteller. And I would ask him questions, and uh -huh. that's how the book took form. Was the questions is that and how, his answers? Is that how you learn about also the Red Road? Because yes, okay, mm -hmm. it was all through Mario. And then um, I know you've done um, Vision Quests. Mm -hmm. I believe Moon Dance as well. I'm not too sure. Mm -hmm. Yes, I I did. I've done, you know of I completed my four vision quests uh -huh. and five because one I went down and then uh -huh. I, I did one again recently and then I did the four sun dances okay, and one sorry. a year uh -huh. and then I did two moon dances in Mexico and then I started here and I I've done one moon dance in Costa Rica. Wow Barbara that's <laughs> and uh, well that was And so having been on, on this path, I, what I was um, expressing is that, um, and I think that's an, 
an all other interview about your experience with the vision quest and what happened in your process up in the mountain and with the Sundance. That's something I haven't experienced and it seems such a um, such a beautiful experience and it requires also courage and and a devotion and you, your path uh, express a lot of your 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 spiritual journey, a lot of depth and profound experience. And so to to move forward, um, <clears throat> I would like to um, to ask you a um, few questions that it will be just quick answer of what comes to mind. Um, and the first question would be, what have you learned about yourself recently? Um, well, I, you know, I think it's that it's just the journey continues always, you know, it's an every day is new and there's always so much to learn and explore, you know, about my own inner being and and connection with others and just life. It's just always surprising and <laughs> new and exciting. Uh-huh. Yeah. What is your spirit animal, if you have one? Um, in the moon dance, that was something, and I didn't do this one. I did it the previous year. I will continue again. but. We actually consciously chose an animal and I chose, and it was for a year, you know, and I chose the owl. And that was about recognizing the importance of being solitary and really finding my own answers and, um, nocturnally I often wake up in the middle of the night mm -hmm. and write or have these kind of realizations so the owl felt like the perfect guide for this year and is the connection with the owl stayed yes uh -huh. yes I I still feel that that's appropriate in the moment oh wow and also um what is the most embarrassing moment of your life embarrassing yes if there's something that come that you feel like oh and it just come quickly for you um Nothing is coming to okay. me. Okay. And if you have a place to travel tomorrow, where would that be? Where would you go? Um, the crazy thing is I don't want to go anywhere. You're I love being here. here. I feel very contented and um, full. And, and I feel that it's more about roots at this mm. point rather than wanting some external 
change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you play any instrument? Um, I used to play the violin, um, but my violin disappeared when I had to leave and I came back and it was no longer here. So, so I, 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 I play a little bit this, I just have this plastic flute that I, I remember that flute. The sweat lunch. Yeah. Actually, I play your flute. Yeah, it's, I, I <laughs> like to, it's when I'm in a certain mood, I love to just play with that. Yeah. Beautiful. And before we, we leave each other today, and hopefully I can do more interview with you because I get to know you more. And it's fascinating because there's every story has so much more um, to it to uh, that we can learn from. Um, where can people go learn more about um, if they're interested in reading the book about the sacred journey of the Red Road? Is there any place where our listeners can have access to um, to this book? Um, I, it's a friend of mine has it on his website, and um, otherwise, people can email me and I'm happy to email a PDF. It was just recently translated by a friend in Chiqua, my our Red Road Circle that Mario started into Spanish. So I was very excited about that. Okay. Um, but, and I, just to say that I have plans to illustrate the book. Okay. But I'm not, I haven't put a time frame on that. And I would like to self publish it once I have done that. But up to now, it's not published. So, okay. So my friend's website or um, emailing me and I can send a PDF. And is there, is your friend website has a, is there a specific name or? I'll have to, I can, I'll text. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. So if anything, I will be able to put the information uh, when this episode is being released. And is there, um, what one final thought that you would like to share with our listeners um, today uh, to leave uh, this uh, encounter that we have you and I today? Is there anything that, one more thing that you would like to share? Um, I, what comes to me is just <laughs> the, um, importance of trusting oneself and one's intuition and just following the path, which is your life and welcoming the influences that feel appropriate at different moments you know it's your mm. journey it's your path and um that's something that i really am grateful to mario about modeling like like that one thing that mario when i told him i had been with rajneesh you know guru and you know, he knew about Rajneesh and he said, I don't like gurus. They take energy. Everyone is a student and everyone is a teacher. And I really, mm -hmm. that always stayed with me that, you know, just 
we learn from each other mm -hmm. and nobody's more or less it's just we're kind of um and there's a beautiful phrase that i've heard ramdas use another <laughs> wonderful spiritual friend um of like we're just walking each other home mm. you know we're all like on the journey and or can be there for each other and um to just trust your yourself and your intuition and your own path and journey and 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 when mario gave the name for the book it's like the red road a sacred journey home so it's mm. one of many and we each have our sacred journey uh-huh wow what was your favorite part of this interview deborah um i just really enjoyed being with you and your presence mm. and um your genuine interest which allowed you know kind of inspired me to dig deeper in myself and just come up with whatever answers mm. emerged in that moment so it felt mm. very alive and natural <laughs> so thank you thank you so much an honor <laughs> a true honor and i hope to have more interview with you and also that um regenesis and all the things you're doing flourish thank beautifully <laughs> and thank you for a listener and for more information about Deborah center it's all been available and uh, to provide to you thanks for being there and listening to this episode and feel welcome to share with your community family friends and until next time uh, have a beautiful day aloha <laughs>